This is a Broad Pods production. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professional you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Broad Radio. Talking inspo we love, info we need and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere. Every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio On The Go. Did you know you can rate this podcast and that would be really, really helpful to us? Especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can put a five-star review and write something nice and we'll be your best friends. That's the way it goes, isn't it? And we'll save a seat next to us. Hey, this episode is a beauty. We talked to Michelle O'Neill. She's the president of the ACTU. We did have some technical crackle issues, so we've had to cut her interview short. Some amazing work has gone on behind the scenes for over 12 years on trying to get domestic violence leave established in Australia as a right. And this week, that is what has happened. So Michelle tells us about that. And then... It's a bit depressing sometimes when you think about climate change and it's really overwhelming. But our guest today, Anna Malos from ClimateWorks, has a positive spin on it and tells us some things that we can all do to make a big difference. Little things, big difference. They both join Joe Stanley and Mignon Stewart in this here episode. Well, last week, in only the first sitting of the new parliament, Australia's first domestic violence paid leave bill was introduced. It was a very emotional moment, especially for those gathered outside Parliament House that morning and in the gallery as well. Women who had campaigned long and hard for that legislation. And one of those women is president of ACTU, Michelle O'Neill, who joins us now. Hi there, Michelle. Hi, Joe. Hi, Min. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. I'm sure um, you are. <laughs> and really pleased to be talking to you about this. Oh, look, congratulations on coming this far with what is life-changing legislation. Can you give us a little bit of an insight of the difference this is going to make for victim survivors of domestic violence? 
Jo, this is so important. This is meaning that women, and it is largely women, um, the great majority of survivors and victims of domestic violence are women and kids, um, will no longer have to choose between their job or their income and their safety. That's what it comes down to, because it means that you'll be able to get 10 days paid family and domestic violence leave. and. That is so important because we know on average it costs about $18,000 if you're trying to escape and we have so many things that you have to do if you're trying to keep yourself safe. It's often about the police, it's about courts, it's about new schools, um, you know, finding housing, moving, you know, there's so many things that cost money and time and if you have access to paid leave, it's literally going to save lives. So that's why this bill is important. And it's important because it's not just permanent full-time workers, but it's also for casual and part-time workers. The opposition, though, doesn't want it to include the casual workers, do they? And Which is argued that they're the ones who are going to be or are generally more vulnerable. Well, there's this terrible loop here because if you're experiencing domestic violence, you're actually more likely to be in insecure work because the nature of what happens to you is it's really hard to hold down permanent work. Uh, so you're more likely to be low paid, you're more likely to be in insecure work because of what you're dealing with in your life. And so to exclude people on the basis of the type of job they have is going to leave women who may be likely to be the ones who need it the most without life protecting entitlement and you can't justify that it shouldn't be based on the size of your business uh, the type of job you've got who you work for um, or whether you're a permanent or casual worker that you get this leave which is why the bill that the government introduced is such a good bit of law what I really love about it too is it's understanding that that division between work and home life really is kind of non-existent that it is an employer's you know well, there's not duty of care as far as what you, is happening at home, but obviously you're all part of the family. You want to actually mm. work with the people that work for you and ensure that they are safe and well mm. and thriving. And really, I, I love that it kind of creates that community and, and getting around those who are experiencing family violence. Look, it's interesting, Joe, because one of the things that some other people said is, oh, what about small businesses? How can they afford this? But when I've spoken to a whole lot of small businesses, they say, look, we know what's going on in the people who work for us lives because we are a small business and it's a lot harder to hide, really, the reality of domestic violence um, in a smaller workplace and they say we already do this you know like it's it's basic humanity that you would give people paid time to deal with a crisis in their life and that's what I would hope most employers would do whether this law was there or not but unfortunately we know that's not the case I've got a terrible personal story of when I was a union organizer in a clothing factory in Geelong actually and the um the, the members contacted me to say, Michelle, we've got this terrible um, thing. We don't know what to do because one of their co-workers had repeatedly been turning up to work and telling them about what was happening and what her husband had been doing to her. Um, they'd supported her as much as they could, but she'd used up all her leave, all her sick leave, all, no leave left, nothing. And she went to the boss and said, I need time to 
get out. You know, I, I, I need some time. I need some money and time to do this. And he said, you've used all your leave. Like, oh, you, you can't have any more paid time and wouldn't give it to her. And then the very next week, she just stopped turning up for work. Mm. And the workers tried to contact her, couldn't get her, went around to her house, couldn't find her. And by the time they talked to me, it was like a few days later, and we just couldn't find her. Like, those workers never found her again. Now, I hope... Mm that she escaped and, and, and got out of there. and But the fact that she was faced with that wicked choice for her and her kids is just unfathomable, isn't it? So uh, yeah. that's why it's important. Um, and it is a really... It, it, we know that economic um, issues are so critical because often if you're experiencing violence, one of the ways that you experience that is that that control of your finances, that you don't always have, you know, access to the bank's accounts, that those elements of violence that are to do with the control of money is mm -hmm. now better understood than it used to be. So, again, the more we know, the more we know this is life-saving and important. Well, I know it was incredibly emotional in Canberra and I saw the images of the laying of tulips uh, in, in memory of people who have lost their lives to family violence. It was just incredible. And I imagine you've had lots of women reach out to you who have shared their story, Michelle. That's true, Jo. It's, um, it was, it, I get emotional just thinking about it, actually, because uh, that experience, personal experience for so many women, um, uh, is is like something that you can't hear the story or uh, or know someone and uh, and have lived through it and not be affected by it and that's the you know I don't think there's any woman who has either not experienced it themselves or someone that they love and they're close to so it's our real life. Um, that we know what this means and and the impact, the terrible impact and trauma it causes. Uh, and then, so a lot of women have talked to me about how important this is and how they just can't really believe that it's finally happening. Uh, some of the people that you saw out the front there are frontline workers in family and domestic violence. Um, leave. The first union that won this was the Australian Services Union, which covers uh, workers that work in family and domestic violence services, community services. There was a, one of the people who spoke with me that morning was um, a paramedic um, who was talking about what it's like to go into a home and mm. have that terrible conversation with someone about whether they're going to go to work or whether they're going to go with her in hospital, you know. Um, and so, yes, a lot of stories, a lot of emotion, uh, but a lot of, like, pride is what I'd say, pride and joy that this has been something that so many people have fought for and finally it's happening. Just an enormous sense of collective achievement that this is what we do. This is what unions do. This is what we can do when we stick together and uh, a long, long battle, but to get there and to be so close now. Uh, just a quick other story. Last year, we got within one vote of it with the previous government because when they were putting some of the, they didn't do it all, but they put a little bit of the respect at work um, bill to parliament and it didn't go anywhere near far enough, but we tried to get that amended and it was supported again by Labor, the Greens, um, some of the crossbenchers, um, uh, including Jackie Lambie, supported the change. But then Pauline Hanson voted with the previous government, the Morrison government, 
to oppose the amendment. So we could have had it a year ago, but they voted it down just over 12 months ago. So here we are. Um, and we're going to get it this time. So, you know, we've been so close. Uh, we've won it in so many cases and, and there is a huge sense of um, achievement and pride about it. Mm, Tremendous well, achievement. Uh, incredible. And and thank you for your resilience and your persistence um, because it is life-changing and indeed life-saving for so many women, as you say. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us from Canberra. I know you're off to another very busy day. I am. And yeah, thanks so much for following up this and for your support, Joe and Nin, really appreciate it. And I just want to acknowledge every single woman, every single person who um, did so much to win this. You, you never win something alone. It's that huge collective effort. So thanks for that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, the advocacy, if I can say it, continues uh, with a woman who has been waiting very patiently. We're very grateful for you, um, for your patience there. Uh, she is the uh, Country Lead Australia at Climate Works Centre. She's a climate policy expert, Anna Marlos. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have to say, you know, incredibly important topic. Very happy to wait for that. It was something my mum did lots and lots of, still does lots of work in. So, wow. Yeah, always happy to wait. Well, we've been talking about the fact that this week, you know, since this first parliament started sitting last week, we're seeing an incredible shift in actual action around some very important issues, climate now being one of them, they have introduced the mm. climate change bill. Um, what's been your sense of that, Anna? Um, well, you know, it had started at the end of the last government um, because, it, you know, last year, all Australian governments had put in place a target to get to net zero emissions by 2050. And the reason the net zero matters is that any additional greenhouse gases that we, you know, we put in the atmosphere will result in a temperature increase. So you have to get that to net zero. So that long-term goal really matters. And then, you know, as you say, what then matters is how you implement things, what, you know, what we're doing, what companies are doing, what governments are doing to get our emissions down. And there's no question there's a different appetite in federal government. But for state governments, you know, no matter what stripe, they've been quite active for quite a few years and they've been putting the kinds of policies in place and doing the kind of spending that's really been shifting emissions 
particularly in the energy space. You know, we've seen renewable energy really take off in, you know, across all the states. And now we're, you know, we can see a lot of space where the government will, will look at the range of solutions, the ways, you know, the opportunities available, the economic opportunities available to really get some of this change happening. So, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Have you noticed a real difference, though, with the new government coming in and, and Albanese himself is, is such a different prime minister than Scott Morrison? Yeah, yeah. So there's a number of ways that things are different. So one is the kinds of, um, you know, the kinds of speeches, the kinds of messaging that they're saying, not only here, but also abroad, you know, when they've gone to Pacific Island Forum, when they've mm. gone to Indonesia, to other countries, to talk to our fellow countries and said, you know, Australia is going to make this a priority. We understand, you know, Australia is a country that is incredibly vulnerable to the changes, you know, because we have droughts, because we have floods, that any change in climate makes a big difference to us. And actually, we're one of the most vulnerable developed countries. So we've got a vested interest, but also it's about our economy. You know, we're an energy exporter. As the world changes, what you know, to clean energy, then we need to change as well. So we've got this incredible ability of, you know, I'm sitting in the sun, huge solar resources, lots of wind, and how can we use that um, to export to the world? At the moment, we export, you know, coal and gas. Let's shift that to clean energy. And there's no question the government, you know, politically they're interested, but that also sort of unleashes the power of the public service. You know, the, the different departments, we've now got a climate change department federally, they're reaching out to, you know, experts like ourselves at Climate Work Centre and others to get the advice, to understand what the solutions are, understand what government has to do. Yeah, very exciting. But also, I would really emphasise, it's been happening at the States for years as well. And I guess another big change is what companies are doing. Because companies are now under pressure to reduce their emissions, to use clean energy, to produce clean green products, then um, you know they're changing, they're putting in plans for how to get to net zero, and that changes what we can buy. You know, so now all these things you you may have wanted to be a green consumer, but now those products are available, and so that's very exciting as well. And that's been a big change in the last five years, and that's partly because you know customers are asking. But it's also because their investors are saying, unless we see how you're going to face the future and understand you need to reduce your emissions, you need to face, you know, a net zero economy, then we're not going to invest in you. You know, so it's at the moment, there's some really good kind of virtuous circles going on. It's a big challenge. I would never underestimate the challenge. But yeah, lots of changes. Well, certainly, because I'm in the startup world and I see where, uh, you know, investors really want to put their money. There are some really exciting startups in and around, you know, the climate change and and, uh, just really thinking laterally about how we can solve all of the issues that are in front of us, whether it's plastic in the ocean or whether it's clean air or water or whatever it is. There is amazing people coming up with really clever, clever solutions. What are some things that we can do as individuals because climate change anxiety is real, right? And we feel like we want to do something, but is turning off my dishwasher at the wall really going to make that much of a difference? 
Well, amazingly, it does. So, you know, <laughs> really? you think wow. back to nice. sort of to when we've lived through droughts, you know, we were all asked to do little changes at home and some bigger ones as the drought set in, but little changes in, at home and that the accumulated impact of that makes a very big difference. Now, um, energy, it's a bit different because it's not only about how much we use, but also because particularly electricity is hard to store, then it matters when you use it. So things like rather than kind of coming home and kind of, you know, turning on your washing machine, your dishwasher, whatever, which is at the same time as everyone else is using more electricity, if you use those kind of time delay switches or, you, you know, you buy timer plugs, then if you shift the use of that to, um, you know, either to the middle of the day when electricity is use is quite low or to the middle of the night, then, yeah, it makes a difference. And the thing about the electricity system, because as I said, it is hard to store, then <clears throat> any additional energy that you need at, one, at any one time is coming from a more expensive source. So that has been, recently that's been gas. So, you know, as, so as the sh there started to be a shortfall between the demand and the supply, um, the gas generation has ramped up that's very expensive. And so that affects the wholesale price. And eventually that feel, feeds through to the price that we pay as, you know, as sort of end use consumers. So yeah, no, it sounds ridiculous, but it's about everyone doing it. And it's about thinking about when those peaks are and avoiding peaks. We all know that, you know, you avoid peak pricing. So you avoid peak demand. You know, we do it if we can on when we go on holiday, we do it in all sorts of ways. And so this is about applying it to electricity. What about the the battle of climate fatigue of just, you know, this is all too hard. I can't mm. cope, can't do it, can't, too hard. Yeah. Mm. What do you say to the, yeah. those, that? Man. I mean, I, <laughs> I can really relate. You know, I've been doing this in various ways for decades. Um, what I would say is focus on the bits you can do. You know, this is true for anything about mental health is take it down to something small and you know we can we can do things in our homes like um you know weather sealing and this it sounds ridiculous but you know door snakes putting those brushes along the bottom of your doors or in winter if you've got like i live in a rental house and in my bathroom and in my toilet i've got a permanent gap in summer that's fine mm. In winter, I use double-sided sticky tape and kind of any old plastic, you know, bubble wrap, whatever, and tape up the gap. And it sounds silly, but it makes a lot of difference to comfort and therefore health, but also it makes a difference to the energy we need, you know? So you can do little things like that. You can put up blinds, you know, in summer, outdoor blinds, ideally. You know, in winter, it's about having good, heavy, um, like whether it's curtains, you know, the things that you can just see one in the background that go mm -hmm. across the top of your window, your pelmets, actually those things make a difference, hmm. you know. It's very unattractive. Whether we like them or not, it's another matter, <laughs> but they, and you know, and if you think about it, it's just physics. So next yeah. to your window, you've got your curtain and the, the air is rising. And so yes. the pelmet sits across yeah. the top, just blocks it. So little things 
can make a difference. It, it feels um, like kind of very old school sort of stuff, like in a way that we've, we've evolved away from the way our grandparents lived. And it's, mm. it's, it's a shame. We've got to go back to yeah. those really sensible things. We're a things. wasteful generation. Oh, totally. My mm. grandma would say, just put a jumper on. Yeah. I mean, put a put beanie a on. Jumper on. Go to bed with a beanie and um, socks. And Hello. I think for me too is uh, the shift around the negativity and feeling a bit defeated to now understanding the great opportunity and the positivity around the message that we could be a renewable energy superpower. How exciting yeah. is that? It is yeah. exciting. And, you know, Australia really does. Like, we've got these big challenges I've talked about, but, wow, the opportunities, mm. you know. So it's the best country in the world for solar, you know, up there in terms of wind. And then we've also got these things called critical minerals, you know, so lithium, um, copper, you know, all of them that actually the kind of economy, the kinds of technologies we're going to need in the future, they're going to be mined here. So yes, we'll have to move away from mining coal. And that's a, that matters a lot for those communities. And you have to work out how to give those people, you know, access to jobs, how to train them in new skills. But some of it is just you're mining one thing, you're mining another thing. And, you know, I'm not underestimating that for some communities that's a big shift and that has to be supported by the companies they work for by governments by you know all layers of government but the you know what's there what's there to be grasped those opportunities they're huge Mm. and any of the studies about how Australia can do in the future if we transition now if we start now we can get there yeah. Um, Anna, just before you go, I have one quick question because Stacey, who's watching at the moment, brings up a point around the peaks of electricity and yep. people people working from home. Is there a way for us to know where the peaks and troughs are given now? It's not really that sort of nine to five work day that we're used yeah. to. Yeah. Um, I mean, interestingly, the the peakiness still seems to be really, you know, as you're getting up, and after work so it is true that where we've used energy has shifted away from kind of offices into homes but that peakiness still continues now you can do things like um so some of the retail companies have schemes that you can sign up to and so they can help provide um you know information about what's happening on the market versus what's happening in your home And if you shift to, um, because there's two things, one, avoiding the peaks, which is a kind of more emergency response. So, you know, like a, was it a month ago in response to the crisis, people were asked to really think about the electricity they were using in that evening peak, because there was a risk Mm. of actual shortfalls. There's, there's also the thing about change, evening that out more long-term. So doing what you call energy shifting or load shifting. And some and some of the kind of, there are automated ways to help with this. Um, companies can send you a text in response to particularly high pe- peaks mm. and kind of say, is there anything that you can shift? You can sign up to schemes through your retailers mm. to start to, you know, either kind of through a manual response or in the future, you know, we've talked about innovation. In the future, there will be these kind of business models, services, either by your retailer or by a third party that will say to you, if you give us kind of automatic access to, you know, some of your appliances, we will, ter- you know, turn them on or off or kind of ramp down their use in response to the signals we're getting from the market. 
and also you can use yeah time time of use tariffs so you can kind of either actively or passively shift when you're using electricity and it will make it cheaper for you overall during the day it'd be good and the more we've got app. smart meters the more that will be possible mm, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to tune into an app at the moment with, mm. with the limited technology we have, but to see it and go, yeah. oh, I'll put yeah. on the washing machine yeah. now because power's or low. just turn the tally off. It's yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> Play a board game, kids. Yeah. Um, Anna, thank you so much. I think that, that the lesson here is that we are not powerless, uh, pardon the pun, <laughs> and um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, we can step into this and it's a way of alleviating anxiety. But baby also, steps. Just, yeah. just keep yeah. doing what we can all individually do. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. And, you know, little things do matter if we mm. all do them. Yes, I love that. Love it. Get a T-shirt. Little things do matter if we all do them. There's Thanks. a bumper sticker. Anna, yeah. <laughs> it's been great to have you in again. Thank you for your patience in sticking around to the end and of your the work. show. No. Jeez, we've learned a lot today, oh, Min. We've got a lot to go. We've got a lot of homework. Yes. You know, turn off turn off the washing machine or turn on the washing machine, the... Yeah, there's just yeah. so much advocacy work that I'm feeling a bit lame at the moment. No, so. no, it's okay. What I'm, I'm pleased that uh, Beyonce did respond yes, and now I can go win. back to returning to loving that album you, again. Are you going to do some more kitchen twerks? Oh, my gosh. My daughter was like, Mummy, stop twerking. Yeah, it's so embarrassing. Yeah, turn oh the dishwasher God. on instead <laughs> later when it's a non-peak time. Thanks for joining uh, us. Well, again yeah, thanks, Joe, for having it's me. It's been terrific. Thank yeah, you. It has, and we'll be back with Broad Radio next Tuesday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.